My name is Sabrina Hergert, and I confess I am a control freak. I like for life to be organized. I like for it to be in order. Good thing I'm a Presbyterian. We like things decent and in order historically, right? And my closest friends, they say I'm OCD. You know, obsessive compulsive disorder, but they're wrong. And I tell them often, it's not OCD. It's kind of like that. It's really more like this. It's CDO. It's in alphabetical order, the way it should be, right? <laughs> of course. And I share this with you in a joking manner, but really, there are times when I am not flexible or adaptable, times when I want to be in control. Pray for my family, pray for my coworkers. If I'm honest, this control freak behavior is nothing more than my attempt at having things my way. And it's based sometimes in fear of what I cannot control. And sometimes it's just based in plain old obstinance and I just dig my heels in. In any case, this is not behavior that is based in trusting God. If I'm gonna trust God, then I have to relinquish this behavior. I have to exercise self-control with help from the Holy Spirit and let go of my desire to be in charge. I have to prayerfully ask God to reorder my priorities. And we have that conversation a lot. To manifest in me the fruit of the Spirit, those nine attributes of God which are present in each one of us as believers by the work, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now church, we know these nine attributes. We've heard them all summer in the series, Bear Fruit. They're listed for us in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but I wonder if you can recall them from memory. Let's give it a try before we see them on the screen. All together, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Very good, you got all nine. All right, so self-control. It's the last attribute listed, and, and perhaps that placement is there on purpose. The concept of self-control is often misunderstood. We know it to be an aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, but at face value, this word overstates our role in terms of control. We can easily overlook the role of the Holy Spirit here. Biblical self-control is the process of turning away from giving power to the temporary that can lead us to destruction and instead turning toward being filled by the Holy Spirit that can lead us into godliness. Biblical self-control in the Greek is engratia. 
ingratia. This is the self-restraint proceeding out from within ourselves, but not by ourselves. And for the believer, ingratia, self-control, it's understood to be spirit control in that it can only be accomplished by the power of the Lord. We cannot possibly master our desires, our passions on our own. This characteristic is truly of God and it takes time and practice for this to grow in each one of us. Without self-control from God, we allow our spiritual defenses to fall. We become vulnerable to temptation and sin when I do not pause and counsel God about my desire to be in control, that passion becomes the sin of idolatry. I replace God's beneficial plan for me with what I think is best, what I think should be organized and ordered. And there's a real danger for us in trying to live our lives without exercising Holy Spirit self-control we become vulnerable to the world around us, to the behaviors that are listed before the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The acts of the flesh, this is the ways of the world, they're obvious. Sexual immorality, impropriety, sorry, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, Paul says, as I did before, that those who live like this, those who continually live like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, this Holy Spirit power of self-control is self-restraint proceeding from within ourselves, but not by ourselves. It's important to grasp that self-control is not power on the offense. It doesn't suddenly make us into Captain Marvel or Iron Man, able to take on enemies by ourselves. Instead, this characteristic of self-control, this fruit of the spirit involves trusting something other than our own innate strength. It's not by our human power or our human might that we demonstrate self-control. Biblical self-control by its very nature has our creator God as part of the picture. And we can be so grateful that he is. How liberating it is to let God lead the way. For example, in Isaiah 55, God tells us that his thoughts are not our thoughts, that our ways are not God's ways, that his ways are higher than ours, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's intentions are not always ours, and God does not always go about things the way we would. His thoughts and his ways are far above and beyond ours, just as the sky 
is far beyond where we are here on earth. God is greater than anything we can ever fathom. So his ways, his methods, his thoughts, they'll surpass our own. If we are willing to let him lead our lives, can we trust in that? Can we let go of the things we hold so tightly? God's characteristic of self-control requires that we make a spirit-filled choice. Now, we like to think that we are free to make our own decisions, control our minds and our hearts and our bodies and our thoughts, and we do have free will. But left to our own devices without ever seeking Holy Spirit power within us, our sinful nature is gonna make the choices for us every time. It's just like Paul says in Romans seven, I do the very thing I hate and I do not do the very thing I know is right. No matter how much I pride myself in organizing my life, my self-control is insufficient to help me do what's right or to keep me from doing what's wrong. And thankfully, sometimes, I recognize this behavior cropping up in me and I can pause and I can think about it. And our great God is always ready to hear my prayers about it. And I can choose to let go of my need for self-control, for control and order. And I can let go of my fear and I can put that burden at the foot of the cross where it belongs. I can choose to trust in God and in his incredible power in the Holy Spirit to break the hold that sinful nature has on me. God's attribute of self-control isn't really what it sounds like in our limited language. It sounds like we should be in charge, self-control, right? It sounds like we ought to be able to restrain ourselves from doing something. And yet, it's not the self who does all the work alone. This self-control actually involves relinquishing our hearts and our thoughts to the Spirit of God. It's not something we can do all on our own or do by ourselves. And admitting that, that's a huge step in the journey. We need help. We need power that's greater than our own human strength and determination. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of Jesus Christ, and the wisdom of our great God. Our place, one place, that we can turn for some wisdom in all of this is in Proverbs. Specifically, Proverbs 3, five and six gives us guidance. It helps us with the choices that are to be made. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Placing our entire trust in a creator God that means that we're not dependent on our own ideas and skills and inventions and tenacity and so on. We were designed 
to completely rely on him, to live in that kind of harmony with our maker, to trust in the Lord with our entire heart. And acknowledging him, that's to give him all the credit, all the glory, all of the honor for everything that we do and for everything that we receive. And when we're willing to do this, when we're willing to trust him and to give him all honor, God smooths out our path. He straightens the road ahead of us and he removes obstacles on our behalf. He makes our paths straight. We don't have to do this life on our own. And what a relief. We're not meant to rely on self to figure out everything. Our hope is not in what we humans can do. Our hope is found in trusting our amazing, gracious God. And by trusting him, we actually use the self-control that's available to us in the Holy Spirit. Trusting in God means seeking his wisdom. His wisdom is part of the mystery of his action toward each one of us. And when we're living in the spirit, God's wisdom is operative in every decision we make. For example, I can choose to let my need for order and organization rule my day. Or I can let the Holy Spirit guide me to what's right, guide me to what's best. What is God's straight path for me? In my experience, this choice has proven to be the best adventure with God. In all the ups and all the downs of my life, the journey with him has been far better than anything I could have organized or planned or ordered. Last week, I visited with a covenant partner and she asked, what would I be preaching? And I told her I have the last of the attributes and the fruit of the spirit and she knew it. And she immediately said, self-control. When I think about self-control, I think about the words that I have said in anger when I have not sought self-control and those hurtful words are out there and I cannot get them back, it's too late and I'm filled with regret. And she and I had some beautiful prayer time together after that and she said that I could share her experience with you if it would be of any help to you. Each one of us faces something, whether, whether you identify with my control freak behavior or you identify with her words and anger or something else. Something else that Satan uses in a subtle way to deceive you. Those circumstances, those behaviors that can lead to sin, whatever that might be, I encourage you, place it at the foot of the cross. Pray for help to place it at the foot of the cross. Day by day, hour by hour if you need to. Your heavenly father is ready and waiting to hear from you. And as your pastor, the last thing I want is for you to be filled with regret. What I want is for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
When our children were growing up and they were learning about things like self-control, one of the things that Mike and I taught them was, stop before you think you should. And this phrase developed with Matthew's horse riding lessons with his horse, Zibby. And Zibby was not especially interested in stopping. And at the same time, Matthew needed to work on his self-control. And this meant more work for Matthew, and it meant more work for the horse. And Matthew had to anticipate Zibby's persistence, and Matthew had to plan ahead for when he wanted that horse to stop. And this lesson grew over into our home. Stop before you think you should. Stop roughhousing before you think you should. Stop speaking before you think you should. Stop controlling before you think you should. You get the idea. In their household, there were times even when mom or dad could just say two words, whoa, zibby. Whoa, zibby. This horse analogy became this little lesson in our home to remind our kids and to remind us, stop, think, choose. Stop when you're at a place where you can still make a decision before it's too late. Just press pause. Think, pray about it, weigh the consequences. And then choose, choose where you wanna go. Are you willing to proceed? Do you wanna turn around? Our children are all adults in their 20s now and each one of them can tell you the lessons of stop before you think you should. Times that they wish they had. And times that they're glad they did. Most of us have seen some sort of sin behavior in our lives. Control freak, words said in anger, whatever that might be, right? And in our faith, we acknowledge Jesus' once and for all sacrifice that breaks the power of sin and breaks those strongholds. And it enables us to receive God's forgiveness, to be made new in Christ. Some people will cross back into those patterns of sin. Perhaps we have not fully trusted God. Perhaps we have not fully allowed the Holy Spirit to help us choose God's higher way, his greater thoughts. And at the center of those choices is self-control. Stop, think, choose. Choose to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, to empower you, to lead you. This is the essence of the fruit of the Spirit, acknowledging Jesus' sacrifice for us, letting the Holy Spirit help us make decisions, and practicing the attributes of God more and more every day. Everyone wants to live a fruitful life. Nobody comes to sit in my office and says, I want to wither on the vine, right? Everybody wants to be productive, to be vibrant, to live a life that has purpose and has meaning. And the key to living a fruitful life is in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our Savior, our closeness to him or our lack of it. 
will directly affect how well we will bear fruit for him in our lives. And our openness to his spirit or our lack of it directly affects how fully our Lord's character develops and grows within each one of us. As image bearers, we're designed to reflect his character. So I invite you to choose the extraordinary freedom that is available to us by living in the spirit. I invite you to experience more fully a life of love that stays no matter what. Joy that fills your heart, peace that surpasses our ability to understand. Patience that endures, kindness that extends mercy. Goodness that demonstrates how very close God is. Faithfulness that stands firm. Gentleness that strengthens and self-control that guides us. The Holy Spirit at work in your life enables you to receive this invitation and equips you to live it out more and more every day. The choice is yours. And when this Holy Spirit fruit is on full display in your life, blessing your neighbors, there is nothing more beautiful. When you illustrate and express the fruit of the Spirit to others, you bring joy to God's heart. Amen. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we leave this place and we go out into the mission field, that we will grow in your attributes, that we will bless our neighbors, that we will carry with us to one other someone the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, of forgiveness, of empowerment through your Holy Spirit that breaks down strongholds in our lives. We pray, Lord, that we would express the fruit of the Spirit by things we say and things we do, that we would be the hands and the feet of Jesus in each endeavor. And it is in his strong name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at www.fpc-kingwood.org. Our services are available on our website and find us on Instagram at fpc underscore kingwood. We'll see you next time.